Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media. of acts of violence or that are of a sexual nature. It should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I did not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or from some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My description of the crime scenes or what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Today, we're going to be continuing the series, Mr. Nice Guy. And y'all, I'm a, tell this part and you might hear a lot of rustling of papers or what have you. Normally I am raw and unscripted, but I had this whole case file and this part, I mean, the, the first part was hard to hear about this guy cutting his baby out of his wife's stomach and slicing her throat and all that. That's hard. That's it, hard to hear, but going through these legal documents and what I'm about to share with you, I just got so fucking mad in, in this needs to be told and this fucker needs to be known. I'll leave it at that. But let me tell you this real quick. I love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Best fans in the world. Patron members, thank you. The, you. Those of you who are now convicts on the app, which is basically the patron members that have swapped over, thank you. Without your support, we couldn't do the show. So let, let's get into it. Part two, Mr. Nice Guy. All right, y'all. So when I left you last... They had interviewed the suspect, and yeah, and you know, I haven't said the name. I, I, I guess this would be the easiest thing in the world for y'all to Google, and, and I know most people will remember the case, but I just don't want to give any credence to this fuck stick. And and you know, I, I think it's very narcissistic. I don't want to give credence to it, but everything I'm going to be telling you today is I'm going to paint you the picture of the how this guy sees himself. So just bear with me. This when he gets arrested and goes to the hospital, they you know whatever. He's ultimately charged with attempted second degree murder because his wife lived or still living 
had she died, it would, it would have been, I'm assuming first degree. But, um, he was also charged with first degree feticide and battery of a police officer requiring medical attention. All right. Upon questioning him, he stated to detectives that he had been smoking herbal incense for the past two or three months. And during that time, he had made several documentary videos on his computer. So when he said that, y'all, they go and get a search warrant. They go back in to the residence and they seize the computer because you get this guy basically being a dumbass, making documentaries about how he likes to smoke this herbal incense, which is clearly labeled on the packages potpourri and not for human consumption. That's going to be important in a few minutes. So they go back and they get it and they get all this, collect all the evidence. And they even found a, another a pack of this herbal incense or potpourri, whatever you want to call it, that the was missed during the initial search warrant. So at some point, he's booked into the Livingston Parish Jail and he starts to wait trial. Now, this goes on for, I think, like three years, y'all. But at the last second, he, when I say the last thing, I mean like the day before trial, he takes an 11th hour plea deal, all right? And so he goes in open court and changes his plea from not guilty by the reason of insanity to a plea of no contest. He received a sentence of 15 years for the attempted second degree murder of his wife and a 20-year sentence for the first-degree feticide of a child who has been called Baby Isaac by his mother. The mother and the suspects have since divorced. The punishments will run concurrently, and he received credit for approximately three years he's been in jail. All right, so let's talk about that. Concurrent, y'all, that let's add it up. Um, 2015, that's 35 years. All right, y'all, you, you know that I'm raw and I'm unscripted, but you're going to hear these papers rustling from this case file because I have to read 90% of this to you because it's in his own words. Means that those, he has to do the 15-year sentence, and if he completes his 15-year sentence, then he has to serve out the 20-year sentence. That's a minimum of 35 years. Uh, sweetheart of a deal for what he did, yeah, I, yes it is. But what's the problem, y'all? The, the, he he pleads no contest. Let me tell you about no contest. No contest is such a bullshit plea. They they that attorneys tell their clients or the DA puts on the table, you know. Oh, but he can plead no contest. No contest is guilty. It's just saying that, that that you can't be sued because you're pleading guilty. That's the only difference it is. And I mean, it, it's no, you, you either plead not guilty and you go to trial or no contest. No contest is a plea, which means whomever can't come back and sue him or sue you if you plead no contest for your actions, but it's bullshit. It means guilty, okay? So... He takes this plea. Now, when you take this plea, you have to stand up in front of the court. They read, the judge is going to read the whole 
statute and charges against you, and you have to say, yes, I did it, and you, you know, you you have to say that you're given this plea of your own free and voluntary will and no promise, whatever, the, the, that you understand. And the judge has to believe you. The, the judge has to believe that you are knowingly and willingly entering into this plea. Okay? So he pleads. And now when you plea, you don't get an appeal. You know, one of the things you're doing when they're giving you the sweetheart of a deal for 35 years for slicing your wife's fucking throat and gutting her like a fish and and then cutting up your own baby, 35 years, bitch, your ass should be on the table getting the lethal injection. This, if ever was a case, deserve the fucking death penalty. This is the one, all right? Fuck him. And it, 35 years is a sweetheart of a deal. But the problem is there's no baby. They can never officially say what the cause of the death of the baby was because they didn't get to do the fucking autopsy because the baby got cremated by accident. So, but the case wasn't going away. Anyway, now I'm going to get into it. This asshole goes to prison. Mm. Once he's in prison... His wife divorced him, naturally, over the three years. Oh, by the way, yeah, he was given credit for time served. Big whoopee. He still got 32 years to go. So what do you do when you're in prison? And you're not just in prison for a regular murder. You're in prison for the murder of your baby and trying to murder your wife. What do you do? Yeah, remember, even convicts hate people that hurt kids. And seven and a half months old, inside the womb still, brutally murdered. Yeah, I don't imagine that he's having a real good time. But what do you do? You sit around 24 hours a day figuring out how to get out of the hell that you're in. And and I'm going to... You're going to hear pages again, y'all, reading. But I'm going to give you some background or insight of the mind of this killer from his own mind. These are his words. All this shit he did himself. All these letters, everything I'm going to read you, he did it himself. Back to my definition of the narcissistic, he thinks he's smarter than everybody else in the fucking room. He's going to be his own attorney now, and he's going to get out of prison. So here we go. <laughs> the first letter, he first of all, it, he passed any date for appeals, not supposed to even be able to get an appeal because he took a plea, right? That means he's waiving his right to appeal. But mm, he's a narcissist, so he's like, fuck it, that rule really doesn't apply to me. I make up my own rules. I'm going to throw all this shit at the court anyway. So... First one I want to read to you, just listen to this shit. And I'm probably, I'm going to stop it as I go through when I get pissed off and tell you what I'm thinking. He states, I'm a man who respects the law and believed and believes all in capital extra dark letters, y'all, in our justice system. Same thing, 
capital. He must have really, this is handwritten in, in, in ink. He must have really like taken that time in that prison cell and probably on protective custody because they're going to kill his ass. He must have took his time and really just dug this in justice system in bold. At the age of 31, I had never, again bold, been arrested in my life. And I never, again bold, had charges brought against me simply because I obeyed the law, laws in bold. I worked as a union pipe fitter in bold in nuclear power plants in bold all over the country. I held, and this is in bold also, a high federal security clearance and was trusted to be alone in the in bold protected area of these in bold nuclear power plants because I held in bold unescorted access badge. Y'all, there's a reason I'm saying the in bold part, okay? If you, if you can read this and patron members, you'll have it put up or um, convicts, you'll have it put up so you can read all this. Why in the fuck would you take the time to write this? these things in bold. Now remember, this is handwritten, so he had to go over it and over it and over it again to make this jump out off the paper. So bear with me when I'm saying bold, but and when you take it in overall context, he's saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I was a union pipe fitter in bold and nuclear power plants, my high federal security clearance, and I got into protected areas of the nuclear power plants on an escalated access badge. Well, go fuck yourself, all right? Continuing, my wife and I had a great relationship. We had been together for 11 years in the mold and married for nine in bold. We have a son together who was at school at the time of the tragedy, was a planned pregnancy, and so was this one, which tragically ended early. My wife and I had every intention of growing old together, there was no one on earth, including myself, who could have seen this coming. Yeah, fuck you. That's what I got to say. Continuing, I know our, in bold, justice system is not perfect, but there are checks and balances in place so that injustice rarely slips through the cracks. If the courts, in bold, do their job correctly and follow the law in bold exactly how it is written instead of their in bold political comma emotional and biased opinions the system is nearly perfect now he's lawyer y'all right the court of appeals should take their responsibility very seriously for they are the very last layer of protection against the very infectious disease also known as injustice. Injustice was in bold, y'all. So now he's a fucking lawyer and he's telling the Court of Appeals how to do their fucking job. Justice, in bold, should never take side. What's wrong is wrong and what's right is right. No exceptions, in bold. The only, in bold, thing we have to go by is the law. Exactly how it is written. We can't disregard certain laws because they may, in bold, hurt the state's case. Continuing. I mean, he's, I guess he had been a 
great law professor instead of a murderer. At least he thinks so. Continuing, and y'all, I'm probably lay off in the bolds. I know that's getting old, but I'm just read through it. My conviction went against everything these attorneys were taught about fairness, equality, and justice in their training. There is a famous quote saying, and I paraphrase it, it is better for many guilty people to be free than it is for one innocent person to be wrongly convicted. Although I am not completely innocent, I am surely not guilty of any crime in bold that suggests I specifically intended in bold or actively desired in bold to kill my pregnant wife that I love with all my heart. I will agree that I was negligent by purchasing and using a product that I knew so little about. However, if I would have thought there was even a one in 10 billion chance that I was putting my family in danger, that would have been too high of a risk. All right, let me talk about this for a second. It just really fucking burns my ass. You've, <laughs> he's, he's saying he's wrong and convicted. First of all, asshole, you weren't convicted. You pled to the conviction, okay? You weren't convicted by a jury. And he says, although I'm not completely innocent, I'm surely not guilty of any crime that suggests I specifically intended or actually desire to kill my pregnant wife. All right, here's the deal, fuckstick. You sliced her throat, sliced her belly open, sliced your unborn child up, and, but you, you're innocent? Continuing. Oh, no, no but I got to go back to this. If he, th y'all, if he had thought there was a one in 10 billion chance that he was putting his family at risk by smoking shit that says on the package, not for human consumption, that, you know, that would have been too high of a risk. So here we go. Continuing. Yes, I accepted a plea agreement. But when you trust someone, such as your state-appointed attorney, it is easy for them to coerce you into believing anything I'm not a lawyer, but he is, so I thought he was doing what was best for me by making sure injustice would not be imposed upon me. It is like a doctor giving a person his professional opinion on how to move forward with your cancer treatment. I'm not a doctor, nor am I a lawyer, and neither is a jury, so I would go with what the trained professional suggests. It makes the most sense to me. Continuing, although I'm not an attorney, I'm not a fool either. I scored extremely high in bold on all my testing in the education department. They want me to tutor other inmates, and I plan on it. When I get caught up on this legal work, I'm also signed up for college classes, which will take up any free time I may have. This case has had excessive media attention. I plan to write a book about this very, this is bold, y'all, bizarre, tragic, and horrifying case. And I didn't want the Louisiana court system to be the villain instead of the synthetic marijuana companies. Y'all, what the fuck? And, and I'm going to continue reading. And it just burns me up. You know, he's not a doctor. He's not an attorney. But, hey, he's not stupid. 
He tested, when they got to prison, they tested him for his intelligence level. And then guess what? They want him to actually tutor other inmates. He's so fucking smart. And he works in nuclear power plants and he's trusted with the security level and everything else. But he didn't specifically intend or actually desire to kill his wife. You, you know, let's go back there for a second. When he, when he said that about killing his pregnant wife, and uh, he was negligent by purchasing and using a product that he knew so little about. Where is the mention of the murder of his unborn baby? That's the one thing that plays throughout this. He plays down or he doesn't mention his dead kid. And it fucking just burns my ass. But if you, if you can't tell the narcissism in this, he said, I mean, He's just writing his shit. He he's really thinks all this about himself. He didn't fucking make this up. He's the, he really believes in his heart. He's smarter than everybody else, and he shouldn't be held accountable for this crime. But I'm going to continue. Fucking going to write a book, that, the two. That, I love that, right? Write a book about this tragic and horrifying case, but he didn't want the court system to be the villain. Where's the mention of your dead kid, Hoss? Fucker. Real life, real crime. Just like many of you, I avoided going to the doctor during the pandemic. I skipped my physical and my dental cleaning and didn't see the eye doctor. But now that everything's opening up, it's time to catch up on our regular health care. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or by video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com RLRC and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to see a doctor. I use ZocDoc, and you should too. I love it because I don't have to wait on somebody to call me back, get these recommendations or anything else. ZocDoc has it all. ZocDoc makes health care easy, and now is certainly the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash R-L-R-C and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash R-L-R-C. In conclusion, I am not a trained attorney and I'm a layman to the law. As a result, I'm allowed more room for error and more time for filing my legal documents. Most of this time is spent learning the law. This is something that a, in bold, trained attorney has already been through. So a trained attorney doesn't need as much time as I do and won't make as many mistakes. It is well settled that a pro se petitioner is allowed more room for error than a trained attorney. And then, then the rest of this, y'all, he's saying, he's asking the court to please hear his appeal. All right. What the fuck? He's not even supposed to have one. And, but he, I mean, he could have simply said to the court, hey, you know what? I'm not a trained attorney. 
I, I believe I was coerced by my court-appointed attorney. Will you please hear my shit? But no, he had to tell you everything about how great he is, right? I'm going to continue. This is more of letters that he wrote to the court about, him, about himself. He said, the defendant has been suffering from anxiety and bipolar depression for many years. He did seek medical treatment and was prescribed many different types and brands of antidepressants and mood stabilizers, but experienced very little relief. The defendant would use alcohol in the evenings to help relax and reduce his anxiety. Although the defendant used alcohol in his own home, he never practiced drinking and driving, and therefore he has never had a in bold DWI or in bold DUI in his life. Wasn't that fucking special, y'all? He's telling me that he was, you know, he suffers from all these mental illnesses, but the doctors give him medicine, but it's not good enough for him because he's smarter than a fucking doctor, so he's swapping alcohol, right? But guess what? <laughs> hey, I didn't have never had a fucking DWI or DUI. No. Hey, no mention of his dead baby, right? Continuing. In addition to being a responsible drinker, he was never violent or abusive to anyone while under the influence of alcohol. The victim has made it clear in several interviews and statements that the defendant, in parentheses, her husband, has never mistreated his family in any way, shape, or form in the over 10 years that they were together. This is clear and convincing evidence on record that confirms that the defendant has never been violent or aggressive in his life. And there is no motive for his actions on October 23rd, 2012. Fuck you. Okay? So he takes his ex-wife, now ex-wife, which he didn't say that. He takes her saying, that, yeah, he, ne he never beat me or tried to kill me. He didn't, yeah, before that date, he never slit my throat or killed our baby. Didn't say anything specifically about the baby. Fuck him. Continuing. After learning that medical marijuana was legal in more than one state and marijuana for recreational use was becoming a legal reality, the defendant became interested in the possibility of using marijuana to treat his chronic anxiety and depression disorder. It didn't take long after a little research to learn that marijuana has helped thousands of people when the traditional mood stabilizers and antidepressants have failed to relieve their anxiety. It was also found out that marijuana is used to treat seizures, pain, eating disorders, cancer treatment, side effects, and many other conditions in addition to anxiety and depression. There was only one problem. Marijuana was not legal for medical or recreational use in the state of Louisiana. Okay, y'all. Again, now he's found the cure, right? Marijuana, because he's smarter than all the doctors. Not saying that medical marijuana doesn't have any uses because it does, obviously. But continuing. The defendant was a union pipe fitter and normally worked outages at nuclear power plants that require a high security clearance, and he misspelled security, by the way, to enter the protected area. The defendant passed federal background checks and was trusted to enter containment and repair and maintain very sensitive plant equipment that kept the public safe from nuclear disasters. Oh, fucky Superman, 
Bitch is their hero. He, hey, y'all, he saved all of you from nuclear disaster. Continuing. The first time the defendant discovered the existence of synthetic marijuana was at a local chemical plant called PCS Nitrogen in Geismar, Louisiana. He and his wife suffered two miscarriages after trying for the second child, and she was pregnant once again. She didn't want her husband to travel out of state for work while she was pregnant, so the defendant took an undesirable job close to home. Okay, y'all. Now, there's no nuclear power plant, and, and there's only one that I know of in, in Louisiana. It's in St. Francisville. But now he's telling you he's got to take a little small job. He's, he's not going to be the superhero, but it's not by his choice. It was because he wants to be there for his wife. Continuing. The chemical plant had both non-union and union workers working together, which was something that normally didn't happen. The defendant noticed some of the non-union workers, because God knows union workers never did it, y'all. Some of the non-union workers smoking something that wasn't cigarettes. It didn't smell unpleasant, and when the defendant asked them what it was, they said legal weed or herbal incense. They said you could buy it at the gas stations and smoke shops around town. They offered the defendant a hit, but he declined because he was at work and didn't know how he would react to it. The defendant did a Google search for legal weed several days later and found dozens of websites selling synthetic marijuana with silly cartoons on the pack promising a 50-state legal product shipped right to your door. At the age of 30, the defendant had never been in trouble with the law, and he planned on keeping it that way. Furthermore, his career working in nuclear power plants required drug screens and extensive background checks, so using illegal drugs was not an option. The defendant's wife was against the use of real marijuana simply because it was illegal in bold. She seemed to have had a neutral opinion about synthetic marijuana because the defendant showed her the very professional online stores selling a 50-state legal alternative to marijuana. Furthermore, the sites were secure and took any major credit card and shipped via all in bold, United States Postal Service. With a tracking number, the order experience was very much like ordering a book from Amazon.com. Both the victim and the defendant felt that if the products being sold were dangerous and or illegal, they would not have been widely available to buy online and at retail gas stations and smoke shops. One must keep in mind this was 2012, before the government started shutting these places down. The defendant placed a small order at a website called LegalEnjoy.com, and the product arrived two days later. After using the product, the defendant felt great. All of the anxiety and depression was gone. He stopped using alcohol altogether, and his mood and energy levels were higher than they had been in years. The defendant didn't have hangovers anymore and had no trouble getting up in the morning. Even the victim admitted her husband's overall condition was better while using synthetic marijuana instead of alcohol. For six months, everything was fine until the morning of October 23rd, 2012. <sighs> okay, y'all, 
I'm still going in order. His, this, if it seems not making any sense, this is his letter continuing, okay? So bear with me, and I have to take, take out his name, et cetera. All right, so the defendant has suffered from anxiety, depression, and bipolar disorder for many years. Dr. Hope stated in his Sanity Commission report that the defendant seemed to have been attempting to self-medicate his anxiety and depression by using the synthetic marijuana that he purchased from online companies. Sadly, on October 23, 2012, the defendant smoked a new type or brand of synthetic marijuana that induced an unforeseen severe psychotic episode. Y'all, isn't that the best fucking commercial you ever heard for synthetic marijuana? But he, hey, he didn't want to do real marijuana, but you know, he did this synthetic shit, which clearly states on every package it's not for human consumption, but it made him feel great. But no more hangovers. Remember, he said you drink responsibly, but no more hangovers. And he can get up, et cetera. Just, I'm going to keep running before I fucking go off on a tangent. Before the drug took full effect, the defendant managed to call 911 in an attempt to get help for himself. Shortly thereafter, the defendant completely lost his grip on reality. While reacting to severe hallucinations, the defendant severely injured his pregnant wife. Thankfully, the 911 call did connect before the defendant dropped the phone and the responders were able to get to the scene in enough time to save her life. He didn't say a fucking word about his baby. Okay, so now he's playing the hero again. Oh, you know, oh, I started to feel strangely, so thankfully I called 911. So uh, even though I dropped the phone, so they were there to get in time to save his wife. Well, why don't you tell the court about why they needed to save your wife? Because you slit her fucking throat and you gutted her? What about your dead baby, buddy, that you sliced up? Continuing. When detectives were able to take statements from the victim herself and friends and neighbors and family, they found that the defendant was a good husband and father and there had been no history of domestic abuse and they had been together over 10 years, married nine, and had a six-year-old son together who also had never been abused. There was no motive or any other reason for the defendant's actions that day. Like their first son, this pregnancy was planned and they both were extremely happy about this pregnancy. The state-appointed sanity commission concluded that the defendant suffered a complete break from reality and was incapable of distinguishing right from wrong, which concurs with all other evidence collected by the state. All right, y'all, this is where he's setting up at the different stages of appeal, uh, the specific facts. And, and I don't know that I'm going to read all of them, but I need I want to read some of the stuff that really pissed me off. And so I may paraphrase some of it, so bear with me. First claim, is, is he claimed he had a violation of his constitutional right to bail. And he, he, he reads, or he writes, the police placed the suspect in handcuffs. They put him in the front yard of the residence. First responders then began to focus on helping the victim. 
The petitioner was still experiencing severe hallucinations and delusions, believing the police and everyone else at the scene were imposters. At some point, an officer began punching the suspect in the face, even though he was in cuffs. This resulted in cuts on his face and along with black eyes. Officers then strapped the suspect to a hard plastic stretcher, and another officer pulled his department-issued taser. He fired the taser at point-blank range into the area between the petitioner's anus and testicles, and the bar probe went deep into his tender flesh. The officer then began to discharge 50,000 volts into the suspect three separate times until the taser was spent. The suspect was strapped to a stretcher and was in cuffs, so this was done only to inflict punishment, which is not the job of the police. All right, so y'all, check this out. This guy is now, and of course he's referring himself in, uh, as the defendant, right? Earlier, he's saying he had a clear psychotic break. Now, shit, he must have had a video recorder inside of his head going on because he's telling you all this stuff that happened step by step from being placed on a stretcher in handcuffs to an officer tasing him three times between his testicles and his anus in an attempt to punish him and all this shit. Man, fuck you. You just sliced your wife's throat. You gutted her. You butchered your baby. Oh, and by the way, again, y'all, all his ramblings, not one time has he said anything about murdering his child. It's a special kind of fuckstick. We'll continue for just another minute, y'all, and then it looks like we're going to have to do a third episode. At this point, the petitioner was certain that the very people he had called for help were trying to kill him. The hallucinations and delusions continued as he arrived at the Our Lady of Lake Hospital in Walker, Louisiana. The hospital staff observed the petitioner being out of touch with reality and presenting with hallucinations. One of the hospital staff noticed a black wire coming from the petitioner's private area. When she asked what it was, Officer John Nevels quickly yanked the bar probe from the suspect's flesh and put the wire in his pocket. Because the suspect was psychotic, a hospital staff member suggested they give him a shot and sedate him. All right. This motherfucker. He's, he's on this clear psychotic break. But he remembers everything. And, and John Nevels, like one of the highest ranking guys in the prison. And I've known, I knew him my whole career. And I mean, he's telling you that he can remember all this, but he, he had no intention or no, he has no responsibility for slicing his wife's throat and killing his baby, which he didn't even say anything about the baby for the tragedy that occurred on this day because he smoked synthetic marijuana. And y'all, 
I just get fucking furious and and thinking about it now. This asshole sitting in prison doing this on our taxpayer dimes. You hear how he sings all his own praises. In his mind, he he's he's fucking Superman, you know, from everything you know, from he's super intelligent, smarter than the doctors and in you know He's so special because he saves the world from nuclear disasters, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Never mentions murdering his baby. I don't know what to fucking say about that. But other than one of the things that really chaps my ass is we're paying and feeding and housing this asshole. He should have been dead. I, you know, I don't believe the death penalty is for everybody, but this motherfucker deserved it. And I'm going to stop there for today. I did not mean for this to go to three series, but I have a lot more to read. And it's this asshole's words, it's him telling his story as he perceives it from the mind of Superman, right? The best guy in the world, according to him. You don't believe him? Just ask him. He'll tell you. So I'm going to conclude this episode of Mr. Nice Guy. Now, listen, I want to talk to y'all just for a couple minutes. Some of that podcaster shit that I always forget to say. Y'all know we have all our regular Facebook pages and all that that you know, we've always had. But I want to talk about the real life, real crime app, okay? Everything that we have on, on Facebook, everything that we have on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, all the different Facebook pages, it's now all on the Real Life Real Crime app. Go to, to the App Store, search Real Life Real Crime, download it for free. It's free. And, and you can get in there. You uh, First of all, you'll get a notification anytime a new episode comes out. Secondly, on the free part, you can participate in the forum just like you do on the um, on the crew page. It's free. And, and then you pay your members when you swap over. It's the same benefits on the different tier levels other than you. there are sections of the app that you'll be able to access that uh, regular lifers can't, right? And, y'all, the app is fire. It has, I mean, everything on it that you can imagine from news to uh, updates on cases that I've done to chat rooms and all this stuff. And guess what? We're not being fucking censored anymore. Facebook. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna say it because I'm Woody Overton. Facebook can go fuck itself. And, and they they delete shit of me and and send me warnings about shit that I post that I'm just copying, repasting what other people posted. Or we get uh, members that are putting Facebook jail for putting shit in our private group. And fuck that. Go to the real life, real crime app. Everything is there and so much more. But it's all in one place. It's a great thing. I wouldn't tout it other than I've been waiting and my, and my wife worked on it so hard with this company. It's done. We are, I know other true crime podcasts have are listed under different apps, you know, like a bunch of them will be listed under one app and a couple of them have their own app, but nobody has this app that has all this content in it, all these different pages within the app. That's there. If you love real life crime, you're gonna shit your pants when you get when you download the app. 
All right. So check it out. It's, you know, it's, it's just super cool. So, and I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And thanks to iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media for being our partners and, and promoting us. We appreciate that also. And if you are a lifer in Istanbul and you want to sign up for LOPA, the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, that's my jam, y'all. Y'all know that. I'm always close out an episode with it. You don't have to be from Louisiana to be an organ donor. Go to LOPA.org, sign up, give the gift of life. And I'm Woody Overton. You host a real life, real crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media.